You're listening to Moving Forward with Dr. Lynn Swanner. Today's podcast is part of the Flourishing Leaders series, where we explore ways to transform your school community. This podcast is a production of the Association of Christian Schools International. Listen and learn more about flourishing at blog.acsi.org. So today, I'm very excited to have the opportunity to talk with Elizabeth Lucas Dombrowski, who's the Executive Director of All Belong Center for Inclusive Education, who's a great friend. And Elizabeth has also done many podcasts and blog, blog posts with us before. And we'll share all those links in the show notes. But today, I wanted to have Elizabeth join us because she's been the speaker for the Flourishing Schools Research Construct of Responsiveness to Special Needs. And this construct is so important because it's one of the few that we found through the research was strongly correlated uh, with alumni being more than twice as likely to report they're continuing to walk with God. And that's all alumni. So it's not just students uh, with special needs. And so a really important construct uh, that we found in the research. So Elizabeth and her team work with Christian schools all over the country to support uh, schools and educators in their journeys towards inclusive education. She's also a writer for our recent Leading Insights monograph on special education and inclusion. And again, we'll post the links to that in the show notes. Elizabeth, I am so excited to have you join me today. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you very much for having me, Lynn. So to start off, can you share your background, a little bit about how you work with schools and why this construct is so important to you? Absolutely. So I am the executive director for All Belong Center for Inclusive Education, and we partner with schools and churches all across the country to support students of all abilities in their community. We really want to see a community where every student can flourish and grow in relationship to God. Um, and when we say every student, we're particularly focused on students with disabilities at every level of um, learning. Our mission then is to equip congregations and schools to glorify God, purposeful, innovative inclusion of persons of all abilities. And in doing that, we, we really seek to partner and come alongside people. So this uh, research and this construct is so important. And, and I was really excited to see this, uh, the links between this construct and other things drawn out so explicitly. I think historically, um, our schools have sometimes struggled to, to serve all students, even though our hearts are certainly there. Um, and this just draws extra attention to, to why we go into that hard work to begin with. Um, there are several pieces for me personally that really impact this as well, um, starting, of course, with faith and theology. And we don't have to go too deep into that, but um, we draw on a lot of biblical foundations and theological foundations of believing that God intends for our community to be made up of people with gifts and with, with struggles. We like to think of it as a puzzle piece perspective, and maybe we can put a link to that in the show notes too. We have a video on how we bring our strengths and weaknesses to community and how those can fit together. Um, personally, my story, uh, my big sister had Down syndrome and in the early 1980s, my parents brought her to a different school and then dropped me off at my Christian school. And I could never understand why I couldn't go to school with her. You know, as a sibling, I, I, that was my uh, experience of the world was with my older sister. 
And then to have to go to a school where she wasn't there um, felt really strange and unnerving and didn't feel right. So I'm really excited and I'm proud that we get to help um, schools enroll whole families and, and really receive the gifts and the benefits of, of students of all abilities. So in your, your experience walking with Christian schools and serving uh, educators and helping to equip them, and I, and I love, you know, when we've talked to said, you know, schools don't have to do this alone. In fact, they, they probably shouldn't. Uh, you know, there's, there's all kinds of resources, and we, we talked about that in the Leading Insights monograph, and, and I'm hoping you can share a little bit um, with us, either now or towards the end, about what you specifically do at schools. But in your experience, what does it look like for a school for educators to actually do this well? I think the biggest thing to remember is that it's a journey, right? We're never going to have everything figured out before that child shows up at our door. Um, there are going to be families and students and, and different needs every year. And it's one of those things that is really hard to say it's going to look like this and this and this. All that said, we, we do partner with 91 schools in 11 states currently, um, and we have been doing this for more than 40 years. So the journey, we know that there are some big pieces to that, and some of those are outlined as well in our Christ-Centered Educational Services Standard, which really is designed to give a picture of what excellence looks like. And that has a bunch of indicators. You can use it as a self-study or it can be part of accreditation, but the indicators are organized into community, the sense of commitment that we want to walk this journey with parents and students. Um, the next set of indicators are under the, the heading of collaboration. And that means that we're, we're building the systems and structures into place where none of our staff and none of our teachers feel that they have to do this alone. Um, and that is a huge one because I hear this so often of just teachers saying, but I don't have the resources to serve this student, but we have each other and we don't have to do this alone. Um, and that's really where the strength of our Christian community can come to play as well. And then the last uh, set of indicators is organized under the idea of culture that once we've made a commitment, once we've set up systems and structures that can respond to every student, it becomes part of our identity as Christians, as a Christian school. And then it, it, it shines a light into what community can look like in our world. Um, and so those are some of the three areas we really look at, and there are lots of details underneath that. But, um, but that's one way of thinking about the picture. Another piece I just want to draw out from that is that when we are doing inclusive education that responds to the needs of every student really well, we are building supports and systems around individual students. And that's actually another construct, right, is that individualized instructions, but we're, we're adding even more to it. Um, when we base all of our supports and our systems on students and not on our own systems. To do that well, we have to know students most excellently. We have to really understand how a student learns, what's getting in the way, and how we can build together in that collaborative context um, the supports that that student needs to be effective. So those are some of the key pieces that we see when 
when schools are doing this excellently is it's, it's really based on our identity and faith and it is approaching every student individually. And we're also being really intentional about goals um, and belonging and ownership of where a student feels that they belong in your school um, and that they understand that well and, and that they have a voice in how they want to belong as well. That's a lot of stuff. No, it's great. And that's where we're going to put all these resources in the show notes so, so folks can go even deeper. Um, you know, I think, uh, you know, we, you, you hit on a few of, of the challenges uh, that, that people experience. And you actually said in the beginning, you know, there's, and I agree with this, there's really no educator, there's no teacher, there's no school leader that would say, I, you know, I have no desire uh, to serve students with disabilities well, or we don't want student. And I, I don't see how a Christian school leader or, or educator could teacher could ever say, no, we don't, we don't want uh, all of God's children in our school, you know, but the, the challenges, there are real challenges that often seem very insurmountable. It's like, we, we would do, we would certainly do this, but we don't feel that we can. So can you, um, you know, sort of chip away at some of those challenges because you're working with schools that every day are overcoming these challenges. And so help us to uh, expand our imagination a little bit when we face those challenges as, as to how they can be overcome. Absolutely, thanks for asking that. We, we work with schools who are big schools, who are small schools with a lot of resources and schools with very few resources, right? Like. This is something that gets customized and inclusion looks different at every school, depending on your community. So I think that some of the biggest challenges we have in this area and this construct are really our own perceptions and assumptions. Um, and that's a tricky thing to, to approach. Um, and it's, it's very natural, but one of the first perceptions or misperceptions that I tend to hear is that, well, we don't have the resources that the public school has, right? I have heard this so many times. And my answer is all is always, great, you don't have to, right? <laughs> when we are doing inclusive inclusion in a Christian school, it's going to look different than a public school. And that's a good thing. And it's it's uh, the way it's supposed to be, but we can build a relationship with parents and get to know that student really well. Um, in a way that the public school might not. They might, but they might not, right? So we can use our faith and our freedom as Christian schools to design things that really work on an individual scale and level. One of the other misperceptions is always, well, we just don't have the funding to do all that. Again, like I just said, it's not going to look like it does in the public school. So we don't need the, the same funding models as a public school either. Um, this is an area of of work and I'm a fundraiser, so I think this is true of, of being able to invite donors into our work, right? Into the, the funding of inclusive education, um, into the funding of our school's mission, because this is one way that we can live that out. So the funding piece, um, I, it's, it's also not a question of, of whether there are funds, right? It's how we're allocating them and how we're thinking about that. And yes, that comes into challenges and tough things, but we are all running nonprofits and we get to point back to our missions of why we're doing this in the first place. And I think that's just a really exciting way to think about it and one that I would hate to see anybody discount. Um, <laughs> and then finally, there's this perception of who we are providing systems and supports for. 
And this is why inclusive education is so important as part of a multi-tiered system of support, as part of the ways that schools respond to students' needs. When we're doing inclusion, we are not just doing it for the student that we might be thinking of. We are doing it for every student. And that's one of my favorite parts of this research, that the indicators that every student um, gets their, their walk with God enriched by inclusive education, by inclusion of students who might learn differently. It impacts all of us. And so when we're looking at who inclusion is for, we're answering with the entire school and the entire community. And so we cannot assign those costs or those expenses just to certain students. But that's a little bit about the idea of tuition equity, right? Which we unpack further in, in the monograph. And, and there is this chapter about financing for this. And, and I just love your encouragement, Elizabeth. You know, there are, you know, I remember being in a Christian school myself as an administrator and, and having a lot of those same real concerns and real fears about is this, I don't think we can do this. You know, I don't think, and it's always interesting. I think, well, you know, we, we do a lot of things differently in the public school and that's good. <laughs> you know, our, our whole funding model is different. And yet when it comes to the specific area, that's what holds us back. And it doesn't always, it doesn't hold us back in much else. So, so thank you for your encouragement. Are there any, uh, any other pieces you'd like to share? I know that it's always great to give you an opportunity to invite schools uh, into this work. So I'd love to have you, you just have that last word. Sure thing. Well, we're here to help. We're a nonprofit and, and we come alongside schools with um, resources, intellectual property, training, professional development. Um, we have a team of teacher consultants going all across the country and a team of school psychologists just unpacking kiddos so that we can know them well and build systems and supports around them. Um, so we're here to help. That's my encouragement. And uh, we have a website at allbelong.org, um, and you can find a lot of resources freely available there as well. Um, but we want to see this happen, and thanks for being our partners in that vision for, for belonging. Great. Thanks, Elizabeth. It's always great to chat with you, and thanks for sharing your inspiration, your insights with us today. Thank you. And for our listeners, thanks for joining us today as well. Please be sure to check the notes on this podcast for additional resources and references related to today's conversation. Podcast notes can always be found on the ACSI blog at blog.acsi.org. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to the blog again at blog.acsi.org, or you can also subscribe on iTunes. While you're there, rate or review the show and spread the word on social media. Thanks for all that you do to move Christian education forward. 